It is hour two of Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner with now Troy Coverdale in studio. Travion Berklin is across the glass. I want to thank Trey for being here. Now, doesn't usually work on Mondays in the afternoons here at the station, but he, I, I asked him nicely, could he step in and help us out this afternoon? He said, I would love to. It would be my pleasure, Mitch Fortner, to work for you anytime you need me. Or something like that, you know. Something along those lines. It's better news than, you know, what what we started the morning with, though I do owe him a couple of bucks. You owe Trey a couple bucks? Yeah. Did you short him at the old convenience store? No. they. It yeah. was no car. Or, uh, they couldn't take cards this morning. We had an internet outage this morning, oh, so yeah. nothing was working. Been there. It happens. Yeah. So you you wrote him a, an IOU. Pretty much, yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, let's see. I was here. afraid of the compounding interest, though. Oh, that yeah, was going to yeah, be yeah. the concern. Well, uh, for a, a couple of announcements here. First of all, I owe uh, Chris Kleiman and the Cats an apology. I said four and a half minutes. Um, they ran off the clock at the end of the game at KU. Excuse me. It was five minutes, 33 seconds. Yes. That the offense ran off the clock uh, to seal up the victory. Thanks to uh, Will Howard losing 25 yards, which was actually. It was uh, counted as a team loss uh, because it's a run the clock out scenario. It's like it's in a uh, it's an exaggerated kneel down. Let's let's put it that way. A very exaggerated kneel down. Yeah, uh, but um, Will, I mean, perfectly timed it out. Yes, he did. And uh, the clock, you know, the uh, the play clock on the uh, the last kneel down or the second to last, I should say. Um, the play clock started just at the right time, a little bit late to allow the Cats uh, <laughs> to run out the clock in Lawrence. Um, so congratulations again to K-State Football to pull out that just tense game. What a, what a tense game. Uh, shout out to Aoka Lee. Uh, moments ago was uh, announced as the Big 12 Player of the Week mm-hmm. uh, for the last couple of wins for the Cats, beating number 2 Iowa in Iowa City. Beat uh, Wisconsin yesterday, so there's a, those are back to back wins over Big Ten teams to get the Cats now four and zero. They're now ranked sixteenth in the nation. Also need to shout out K State volleyball. Haven't done so yet this show, but shout out to Jason Mansfield and K State volleyball picking up two wins over the weekend, finishing up the home slate by sweeping Texas Tech, and I believe. KSA Volleyball has now won, is it, correct me if I'm wrong, Troy, but is it 18 consecutive uh, sets at home? Yes. Because I think it's six straight wins and all sweeps. Correct. I th- I'm pretty sure about that. So, boy, that is a... Uh, quite the run. That's quite the run. And now they'll have uh, Houston to wrap up the regular season on the road. Um, also, the station hired somebody. <gasps> We have our new general manager, and it's been officially made official, so we, we can now talk about it. This individual uh, used to do everything I do now, <laughs> host PowerCat Game Day, host the game, sports director, uh, and no, I'm not talking about John Kurtz. you got to go back even further than that, but not that far. Uh, our new general manager is none other than Matt Walters. Matt Walters coming back to work here at Manhattan Broadcasting after about a nine-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it was a little over nine years for his hiatus. But before he went into the banking world, he was spent 20 years here at Manhattan Broadcasting, uh, starting his career in the uh, in the uh, about the mid-90s. 
So uh want to welcome Matt Walters back to the Manhattan Broadcasting family. Uh, without him, I'm not sure I'd have the work ethic that I now have. Um, and I've noticed uh, my, my uh, manager skills when it comes to working with the younger people, maybe the newbies that come aboard and you know learning how to do news and sports, record that stuff and using the board. Uh, the way I do things and the way I teach, I definitely got from Matt Walters. <laughs> so let's put it that way. But I think it's awesome to have him back uh, here at Manhattan Broadcasting. So welcome back, Matt. We'll obviously try to have him back um, here on the show at some point to just talk about what he's been up to and uh, what he thinks about coming back here to Manhattan Broadcasting. But now in his biggest role yet as general manager, he's now running the whole place. So pretty cool stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, hard to believe that, well, you know, you close out the uh, regular football season on Saturday night and walk in on Monday, he's going to be in the building. Well, it's funny how fast word travels. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I hadn't said anything to anybody, and I get up to the press box, and everybody's (laughs) wanting me to address the rumors. (laughs) I'm like, listen, I ain't got, I ain't got nothing to say. It's, nothing's been made official, uh-huh. you know. And I didn't say that, but this is in my mind. Nothing's been made official. This is not my, not my news to spread. Right, exactly. Um, I promise you, I did not start the rumors. I, you know, right? It could have happened anywhere. Um, but uh, and then Matt came over and said, "Hey, thanks for the, thanks for the text." And my text was congratulating him on the job. So I was like, "All right, well, maybe I can, you know." Say a few things here and there, but I asked him if he was psycho getting back into this business. Oh yeah, <laughs> well he never really left the business. He just no, he he, he just didn't do as much here, right? Uh, than he was, you know, for K State. You know, his role at K State hasn't changed. Still doing sidelines, still doing uh, women's basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, radio broadcasts when you know Brian will go on the road, but he's doing the home games typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, as actually, Matt was on the radio call for the Iowa game. game. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure it was Randy Peterson along with him. It was. I didn't listen to it, but I because I was watching it on TV mm-hmm. while I was editing PowerCat Game Day. But um, yeah, it's, it's just like I said, really awesome to have Matt back. Um, definitely going to be a great leader. I have no, uh, definitely no concerns there about his leadership. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's kind of what he was meant to do is be a leader. That's funny though that uh, everybody wanted to know the juice on on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, boy, let's get into some scenarios here. Um, be, well, I mean, I, there's an easy way to put this. Nothing's changed. It's all still the same. Let me give you the updated standings in the Big 12. We're talking Big 12 football. We're talking chances for K-State to get to Arlington. Four teams in the hunt. Texas still at 7-1. and one. They're not officially in yet. They got to take care of business. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and K State tied for second at six and two. At five and three, you have West Virginia, Iowa State, and uh, Texas Tech. And I believe there for a while, maybe even as of last week, before the games were played, seven teams, seven mm-hmm. teams were still in the hunt. Yes, uh, but now it's down to four, of course. So, um, boy, uh, we explained it last week, but let's go ahead and explain it again because again, nothing has changed. But if you're just tuning in or maybe a little bit confused last week about the way things worked. I, I, we can explain it to you again. So there's actually two Big 12 games Friday. 
So scenarios may could they're not going to change. It just will maybe tell us a little bit more about what K State needs after the games are played on Friday. Those Friday games are TCU at Oklahoma, 11 a.m. on Fox. 6.30 on ABC is, again, the day after Thanksgiving, Texas hosting Texas Tech. Oklahoma, win or lose against uh, TCU, win or lose, does not, does not finish off Oklahoma's destiny. If they win, they're not necessarily in. If they lose, they're not necessarily out. So really, all that game matters to K-State if – is if Oklahoma loses, then you're turning into a hopefully Oklahoma State loses. Because, again, here is the scenario. Texas plays Texas Tech, Oklahoma plays TCU, and Oklahoma State will play Saturday. They host BYU. So, already important note there, all three teams that are ahead of K-State right now in tiebreakers are playing at home. And against opponents, you would imagine the home teams are going to prevail. So, I'll just say it right now. I don't like K-State's chances. They're not good. No, that not not very good at all. Unless Brett Yormark wants to change a rule. <laughs> that may be coming tomorrow, uh, maybe Wednesday. Oh, you know, boy. odds aren't great. Uh, but unless they see something they need to tweak, like, well, you know, K-State did just beat KU. <clears throat> maybe we should tweak something because maybe now they deserve it. I don't know. Um, okay, so here's the thing. If Texas loses, then you actually want Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to win. Because if Texas loses, K-State and Oklahoma are in the Big 12 championship game. If Texas wins against Texas Tech on Friday, well, then your fingers crossed before that game, mm-hmm. TCU beat Oklahoma – and then Oklahoma State on Saturday loses to BYU. But the thing is, I mean, K-State's going to play play after everybody else. So they're already going to know at that point what's in store for them before the Iowa State game. Of course, K-State would need to win. Right. But it, it, it nothing changed from last week because of the tiebreaker, because of now Oklahoma State having control because they beat Oklahoma and beat K-State. K-State didn't play Oklahoma, but K-State did lose to Texas. It was easier last week, you know. If tech, if Iowa State would have just done us a solid and beat Texas, we're in a very good spot, right? An extremely good spot, but we, it didn't happen. It also would have been helpful for BYU not to have <clears throat> failed at pulling yeah. things off. Yeah, because then you're looking at well, and then you know it got interesting between Oklahoma State and Houston. Houston's up what fourteen three at the end of the first. Yes. And- Arbar and Patio is cheering. I'm like, well, I don't know if you guys all know exactly the scenario currently. Remember, Oklahoma won, uh, you know, but it, you know, it's still, you know, you never know. Um, but we're in the same exact scenario we were last week. Either want Texas to lose, or you want Oklahoma, Oklahoma State as a pair to lose. That that's that that those are your those are your two scenarios. Mm-hmm. That's the way it has to play out. If one of those things doesn't happen, K-State is not going to Arlington, Texas for the Big 12 championship game. Now, I've also been uh, a few people reaching out earlier today, over the weekend as well. Oh, hey, we just beat uh, we beat KU. We're, now, uh, we're still in the hunt for the Big 12 championship game. Where does that leave us when it comes to a bowl game? I, I completely understand the questions. We're now we're already thinking about where K-State can go for a bowl game. 
the latest projections have two locations. And again, it's you know it's based off of Big Twelve bowl games. You know, uh, in, in the pecking order, where can K State wind up? First of all, it depends on how many Big Twelve teams play in a New Year's Six college football playoff or a New Year's right. Six bowl. Texas and Oklahoma, do they both play in one? Because if they do, things obviously change. Right. Um, Much like we saw last year where K-State wound up in a New Year's Six and TCU was in the national championship tournament. Yeah, because TCU, we were pretty sure we're going into the college football playoff. So win or lose Mm -hmm. K-State Big 12 championship game, win or lose, they are most likely going to the Sugar Bowl Mm -hmm. because... TCU was going to play in the college football playoff, and the Sugar Bowl was not a playoff game. Right. The Sugar Bowl is a playoff game this year. So the Big 12 champion or Big 12 runner-up, unless you're in the uh, you're in the top four, you're not going to the Sugar Bowl. That is not an automatic tie for the Big 12 this year. So second on that list is going to be the Alamo Bowl. But again... Who gets an at-large for a New Year's Six? Does a Big 12 have a representative in the college football playoff? Right now, the best guess is not Alamo Bowl. Latest projections have been Oklahoma. For the Alamo? For the Alamo Bowl. Okay. Also depends on Oklahoma State. What do they do? But right now, you're looking at Pop-Tarts, Texas Bowl, or, or possibly Liberty Bowl. But right now, I would say Pop-Tarts or Texas Bowl. Pop-Tarts is in Orlando. It was previously the Camping Camping World Bowl, the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, and it's right now third on the pecking order for the Big 12. It's a good bowl. Yes. And it's one we were hoping for a couple of years ago, but Iowa State got it because it would have been against Notre Dame. Yes. But I guess Iowa State, their politicking was a little bit better than ours. But it's a bowl game K-State's never been to. I mean, heck, K-State hasn't played in Florida since the Miami game in 2011, I think, unless I'm forgetting something, but I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a really fun bowl game. I think K-State fans would really be up for And, uh, you know, K-State fans are going to travel. It doesn't matter where the bowl game is. Cats fans are going to travel, but it's a new destination. <laughs> and what's even better about it, I think, is I'm kind of tired of playing SEC teams in bowl games and the non-con. I'm ready for something else. Well, that's a tie-in with the ACC. And who is right now in line for the Pop-Tarts Bowl is either North Carolina or North Carolina State. So it would be a fun new opponent to play. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think Drake May, I don't think he's he's hurt, right? He's not playing for... Uh, for Duke. For uh, Carolina. For, for North Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's NC State, that's great. But it's just something different. And it's a good bowl game. Now, of course, where my mind goes is what are the bowl gifts for the players? What does the media get? Is it just a box of Pop-Tarts? I hope not. (laughs) But it might be something with a Pop-Tarts logo on it. I don't know. It could be fun. I also really like Orlando. I think Orlando's a great town. It's a great city. Downtown is a lot of fun. A lot of great restaurants downtown. I'm a very touristy guy, so I don't just look at the game. I look at where the game is taking place. And a lot of people trash the Liberty Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not a great stadium. It's not right. the greatest bowl game. Although it's been a bowl game, it's been around for what a long time. It's K 
K-State played there not too long ago, and K-State hasn't had the best luck at the Liberty Bowl. Right. I think Memphis is a neat town, though. There is so much history in Memphis. It's got a great bar area where fans can go hang out the days prior to the bowl game. It's not. I would rather go to the Liberty Bowl than the Texas Bowl. To me, the Texas Bowl really doesn't have nothing. You will have an SEC opponent. That's fine, whatever. I'm not a fan of Houston. Houston is one of my – with the new – Teams added to the Big 12. I think Houston is now my least favorite Big 12 town or city. My least favorite. I'm not a fan of Houston. Have you been to the to Houston's field? Yes. I believe you were. Yeah. Um, how does how does that lay out in comparison, though? See, one of the flaws with being in the bowl game in Houston is that NRG Stadium is also where the Astrodome is, mm-hmm. and and you're away from anything that is going on, much like if, say, you were playing a bowl game at Arrowhead, because there's nothing really around the immediate. Well, and that, that is a cool thing about the Texas Bowl. It is in an NFL stadium. Yes. As a matter of fact, I believe the national championship game is going to be played there this year. But you're away from the other activities that are going on. Yeah, it's it's pretty spread out. Everything's pretty spread right. out. Right, and mean, that's what I was getting well, at. I remember you were under the weather, but we went two years ago to the Texas yes. Bowl, and I had to take a train out to uh, Houston's. Uh, nice enough that it's a town that has a, a public train Yes, uh, that you could just take around town and, and whatever. It'll take you to where you want to go. Houston's, well, athletic facilities didn't look like it was really in the best neighborhood. Okay. Um, but it was pretty basic. Right. You know, it wasn't anything special. Nothing like, wow, that is a beautiful stadium. Right. It's a beautiful indoor facility. Nothing like that. It was pretty basic. So, uh, but there's that's my two cents. I think, no doubt about it, Pop-Tarts Bowl would be pretty awesome just because it's something new and it would be exciting for us K-State fans. But we're going to travel. Pop-Tarts Bowl, by the way, they've been to a bunch of K-State games. I think they've been to three or four mm-hmm. um, ever since we've been talking bowl games. So they're interested in the Cats. But we'll find out. You never know what will happen. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, our player interview of the week after the game, we're going to hear from K-State quarterback Will Howard about the win over the Kansas Jayhawks. That's coming up next. Your cousin Marvin Barry. Listen to this good movie but your kids are gonna love it Travia if you didn't know I was referencing back to the future yeah just making sure you know what that movie is uh phone number is 537-1350 phone lines are open we're gonna hear from Will Howard uh here in just a moment where were you at again Troy watching the game what were you telling me off air mother-in-laws how tense was it there uh, and were you watching with KU fans? No, I wasn't watching with KU fans. I I was the only real fan in the room when it boiled down. Oh, um, like the only one that cared. The the only one that 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 is a diehard either way. Oh man, it's. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. In a game like that, you're the only one that cares about the game. It's hard to not come across as a bit psycho. Yeah. Uh, once in a while, if it's that tense. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that I didn't come across as a psycho only because they're, you know, I mean, we've been married 25 years and we dated for three before that. So the family's fully aware of just what I am. But were you actually like, were you trying to be a part of all the family stuff, but at the same time, watch every single second of the game? Oh, no. We were at the point where family stuff was done. It was okay. It was game on. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't being asked to have to take photos or anything. No, we did lunch uh, during the day. And so that, you know, it was grab pizzas for supper and let's do this. And you stayed up for the whole thing? Yes, I did. boy. Where's the Maui uh, at? They are playing in Honolulu on campus at Hawaii, the Stan Sheriff Center. I was going to say, they're not in uh, the, uh, the normal no, gym. No, because, because of the fires. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. The, they were unable to, to go there this year because of the lack of hotel space and all of the things surrounding uh, recovery on Maui. So, uh, so no, instead they're playing it at, uh, at UH and the uh, Stan Sheriff Center. Purdue right now up uh, 54-47, halfway done in the second half. Number two, Purdue. Number 11, Gonzaga. Not a bad game to open up Maui. No, not a bad game at all. But, boy, talk about a different atmosphere than playing on uh, on Chaminade's campus. How, how uh, Going back to the KSAKU game, how long did it take for your uh, that heartbeat to finally settle down? God, it, I was nervous from start to finish. It, it took me everything – it had me not to pace the whole press box at the booth. Probably took me, I would say, probably about the point that uh, the replay review was over on the third down catch. On Phillip Brooks' catch. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I was just watching the first replay. I was like, oh, he had it. But then who was it? Uh, what's his face on the broadcast? Dean and, Blandino. And it wasn't just him, but those, the others in the press box, well, I don't know. I think it was moving around. Right. No, come on. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah. Maybe Phil just needed to haul it in, but, you know, I didn't have too many. Well, what worried me is it took a while to review it, and then the White Hat called over a bunch of referees. Yes. Like, I guess maybe one of them was writing something out. I was like, oh, God, they're going to move this back. This is not good. But I do appreciate the hell out of them trying to go for the win and get the passing play, hit the out route to Phil Brooks. I was like, yes, that's exactly what we needed to do there. I was so happy about that play call. Love the guts. Go win the game. And that's exactly what K-State did running off the final five minutes and 33 seconds after the fourth and five interception from Marquis Siegel. All right, after the game, I feel like this has become routine, but I just love Will Howard in his in his postgame stuff. I think he does a great job with the quotes, answering the questions. Here is uh, some of Will Howard after the game with the K-State media. What's this one feel like, Will? Man, it's awesome. Uh, anytime we get to beat the Jayhawks is huge. And uh, this one was, you know, it wasn't always pretty. But, uh, you know, we did what we had to do. And we came back from being down 11 in, the, in the, I think it was the third quarter, man. It was a lot of resilience shown by this team. Was there always a calm approach for you guys, even when you're in a hole? Nobody ever panicked. And, you know, we just kept that one-play-at-a-time mindset. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to win, and discipline, class, and, and the way that we go about doing things one play at a time and, and not getting ahead of ourselves, man. I, you know, Nobody ever panicked for a second. There was no doubt for, for one second that we weren't going to 
come back into that football game and win it. I feel like your O-line did. He seemed like he had a lot of time in the pocket. O-line did a heck of a job. They're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Getting those guys, being able to, you know, just get them downhill, um, smashing mouth with, with guys uh, is huge. And I think he, uh, I think our O-line played a heck of a game. I think Treshawn and DJ ran the ball really, really well tonight. So that was that was huge. What were those emotions celebrating on the field with, with the band? And uh, it seems like there was just a, there was a lot uh, kind of lit out. In oh, that was that was big time, man. That was big time. And uh, anytime you can win a win a football game in the Big 12, let alone you know a rivalry game, uh, is huge. And you know this one, you know I, I know how much this means to the Kansas State fan base. And uh, you know I wasn't a K Stater myself growing up, but um, now I'm you know I'm I bleed purple too. I bleed purple right there with everybody else. And uh, this one means a lot, and I'm so glad that we could do that for the for the fan base and for for all of K State Nation. How satisfying was it to finish the game there, five and a half minutes, and not giving the ball back? We always say we want to finish the ball, finish the game with the ball in our hands, and I think we did a really really good job of that. Um, you know, we we did what we had to do, got first downs, and uh, you know we we walked through that little play where I you know kind of bought a little time uh, and, and try and you know take some time off the clock. We we walked that through that like every week, and that's the first time I've ever had to do it. So. Uh, it felt it felt really good, and we we executed really well, and and uh, do what we had to do to win the game. Can you describe and how key was the third down conversion to Chase Brown? It was uh, Phil. You mean the third down to the whip route to Chase? Brown. Oh, that one. Yeah, that one was huge. That one was huge. Chase ran a great route, and he was a straight man coverage. Uh, he's my first read, and man, he, he broke him off pretty well. I thought thought it was a horse collar at the end of that one too, but um, no, he he did a really good job tonight. You've seen a lot of this Jayhawks team over your career. How far have they come? They've come a long way. I, I, you know, all all my respect to those guys. Um, you know, I got to give it to them from from when I played them in 2020 to where they are now. It's a completely different program, and that's you know, that's a credit to Coach Leipold and what he's done here. And I think he's done a heck of a job. But uh, man, there's no better feeling than, uh, than than beating little brother. Were you were you sweating that last review? Not really. No, we we all knew that that was a that was a catch. I, I didn't know why they had to review it for that long, but. Uh, no, we were all just getting ready for what we were going to do when it was a first down. DJ said uh, it got turnt in the locker room, <laughs> and he said he even got a little turnt. <laughs> Have you ever seen DJ Giddens get turnt? I, I don't know if I would call what, what DJ was in there turnt, but, uh, you know, for DJ, maybe that was turnt. But uh, as long as he thinks that, then, then I'm happy. Did you guys pay any attention to all the tiebreaker nonsense this week? No. Not really. I mean, we heard about it, and, you know, we knew that it was going on. But um, for the most part, we were locked in on KU because we knew how big of a game this was. And obviously, you know, you guys saw, like, that was a dogfight. Those guys are they're a good team, you know. And uh, and at the end of the day, um, we had to grit it out. It wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't, um, you know, perfect by any stretch. But, you know, we, we did what we had to do to get the win, and at the end of the day, that's, that's all that matters. How about that? As uh, Will Howard wraps up, there's a Will Howard commercial currently on ESPN2. <laughs> now he's driving around in a truck. Now he's running stairs. Now he's tossing the pigskin back in the truck. Back in the stairs. Back in the truck. Will Howard. He sells trucks. Mm-hmm. When I don't play football, I sell trucks. And I get more commission than the other jabronis. All right. Um... I thought Will Howard had a pretty solid game. Now, 13 of 24 for a buck 65 and two touchdowns. He ran the ball four official times for 18 yards. The the last three plays or so um, that were like, you know, exaggerating Neil Duns, as we called him early, that was actually <laughs> subtracted just to the team numbers. It didn't uh, 
it didn't go against Will Howard. Um, you know, it, any criticism, I guess, some of the decision making. Uh, Will Howard got bailed out big time with the dropped pick six in the third quarter. Yes. I think if KU takes that to the house, I don't think K-State comes back and wins that game. And it's not because I didn't believe in the offense to go get it done, but KU had done such a great job in the game of holding on to the football, converting third and shorts, and running a lot of time off the clock. KU dominated the time of possession in the first half. Why couldn't they do that in the second half? Well, of course, the defense made some adjustments sure. and played much better in the second half. Um, and, the, and the other, I, I guess, things I'd... You know, it's it's easy to call the shots, right, when you're not in the thick of things. But there were just, there was twice where I thought Will could have ran the ball, tuck it and run, go for the first down. Just, you know, but he tried to go for a bigger play. Um, and it wasn't there, wasn't executed. So I'm like, man, Will, let's just tuck it and run it. Let's go get that first down. Other than that, though, you know, I, I mentioned this on Power Kick Game Day. It was my watch of watch for. And I said, it, mine's not really about numbers. This is a rivalry game where numbers just aren't that important. I don't care what these teams are ranked. I don't care if it's the second-ranked meeting all time. We know KU is better. You just got to go win the game by any means necessary. But Will Howard just hadn't quite won the big one on the road yet this year. Yes. So we need to see the guts. We need to see Will Howard perform when pressure is on. And, man, other than the Big 12 championship game, pressure hadn't been on Will Howard like it was this past Saturday. But they got it done. Finally got over that one hurdle that K-State hadn't cleared yet. And that's win the big one against a ranked opponent on the road. Better late than never. And especially when it's against your rival. You've now won 15 straight against the Kansas Jayhawks. Pressure off us fans for a year, maybe. (laughs) You know, maybe we can sweat about it again when KU comes back and plays here in Manhattan and game on once again. Things are different now in the the Sunflower Showdown. This is no longer a gimme. As long as Lance Leipold is the head coach at KU, game on, year in and year out. And that's what a rivalry should be about. And, I mean, just look at what the mayhem will be this week with Michigan-Ohio State taking place. That's what you want a rivalry to be about. You want it to be where it is, yes, high pressure, entertaining, and let's be perfectly honest, it comes down to, in those games, more often than not, who takes advantage of the other's mistakes or who takes advantage of more of the other's mistakes. K-State had plenty of mistakes in that game. KU didn't capitalize as well as what K-State wound up capitalizing on KU's miscues. You know, the muff punt. The muff punt was the other mistake that KU made. And I I said this in the first hour, I'm going to say it again. Credit to K-State for what they did to pull out that victory. But I truly feel, and sometimes it's better to be lucky, Mm -hmm. but K-State got real lucky. Yes real lucky to survive and escape Lawrence with a victory. Incredibly lucky. Because KU gave them a free possession with the muff punt. You take six off the board and it turns into a 14-point swing with the dropped pick six. Mm-hmm. Dropped pick six. How many? How many different things happened in that game in terms of Close mistakes, even. 
okay, you've got the drop pick six that you brought up. What about the near fumble recovery at midfield? Where got un- kicked around, where yeah. got kicked around instead of picked up and taken back the or you know yeah Will fall, Lee tried fall to fall on top of the dang ball yeah Will Lee tried to scoop it up and he didn't get it he should have yeah fall on top of the dang I yeah. get where his eyes were his eyes were as big as saucers looking at that ball going I got six in front of me Mm-mm, fall on the ball let the offense work you know but there were there were those types of plays on both sides where just an inch changes things. That's a great rivalry game at that point. And now what's in front of K-State is, uh, is Farmageddon. A chance to go 9-3 and three once again in the regular season. Unfortunately, it may not look like it could get K-State back to a Big 12 championship game, but you never know. It's the Big 12. I just, you know, I'm not trying to be a naysayer, it just doesn't look like it's in the cards this year for K-State. No, it doesn't. And let's be perfectly honest. At the end of the day, Oklahoma State earned that. If they if they finish out the way that they the way that it could very well finish out, they earned that with their win over us and with their win over Oklahoma. You have to tip your cap to them because they pulled off two of the biggest wins in the conference this year that they could hope to get. And especially given as badly as they played against some teams this year. South Alabama comes to mind. I mean, uh, it, it was a tremendous graphic that literally was Gundy sitting with, uh, the, with Pistol Pete on the roller coaster the other day that they threw up during the course of the broadcast because that's exactly what it has been for them. The low of South Alabama, then they turn around and go on a five-game winning streak, and then hit the low of losing to UCF. All right, we got to take a break. Um, a reminder, K-State uh, against Iowa State this Saturday, wrapping up the regular season. Cats looking to go 7-0 and at home and uh, sweep the competition at home for the first time in 11 years. Uh, kicks off at 7 p.m. It's going to be a late one. Power Kick game day will start 3 in the afternoon. When we come back, I want to briefly touch on where I think KSA basketball is at right now, and then we'll also wrap up the show with what's to come this weekend in the Big 12 next. We are back on Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, Travion Berkland. You wear an Oklahoma shirt? No. Well, it says OKLA. Yeah, it's a Kendrick Lamar. That's his last name. Oh, OK Lamar. Is that what it says? Mm, pretty well, much. Well, your jacket is covering some of it. Mm. OK Llama. <laughs> He's tired of talking to me. Uh, did you watch uh, any K-State hoops? Over the weekend, Troy. Uh, did not get the chance to watch much other than the first half yesterday, which was, <laughs> was well, it? disappointing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Providence, you were uh, you were calling a game yourself. Right, yep. It was over in Wamigo, so did not get the opportunity other than just following along on the, uh, on the stats. Well, I'm kind of like you. I did not get to watch second half in overtime because uh, I was also at the same game as a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching my girlfriend's son play. Did you, uh, by the way, coach him up on that uh, on that catch? That was a great catch. That was a it? tremendous catch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Andover Central had a very similar catch. Yes, they where did. Where just basically went over. You know, it's an Mossed over him. back in basketball. Mossed him. Uh, yeah, just went right over. Yep. I'll take that. Thank you very much. Yep. 
Yeah, it was a great catch. He had two catches in the game. That was a solid game, by the way, just in general, but yes. Yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately for Wamigo, yes. uh, their season did come to an end, and now all of our local teams are out. Um, so nobody locally is going to be playing for a state championship game. Um, but now transitioning to K-State hoops, they go 1-1 one one in the Bahamas. They beat Providence in overtime 73-70. Coach Tang still undefeated in overtime games uh, in his tenure. I believe they're now 6-0. That is it. And uh, K-State losing then yesterday to Miami 91-83. You know, we did kind of break those games down earlier in the first hour. I was still, even going to the break, just kind of figuring out how I truly feel about this team right now. Um, Because I've seen a lot of fight uh, in the losses. They're down. They're down double digits. The fight to try to get back in the game. Mm -hmm. I've loved to see that in the second half. But it's also at the same time, you know, you're down double digits in the half in both of those games. Talk about USC and Miami, the two games they lost against top 25 teams. First of all, I'd really like to see some better defense. Yes. That, that's one thing. I think on the offensive side, you know, it, you know, Miami game, you don't have a point guard, really. I mean, Tyler is more of a two. Uh, you didn't really have a point guard because Data Ames, Quez Glover, they're both not playing. So I'm talking about a true point guard. You were kind of missing one there, you know, and maybe still K State's trying to figure out the, the to get comfortable on offense, the new five out mm-hmm. offense. So that's not smooth yet, but I love that they still figure out ways to score. Three point shooting could be better. They're a bit average. We feel like this should definitely be an above average three point shooting team, uh, especially with Tyler Perry. I think Tyler's doing fine. Um. But I also take in consideration that look at the non-con schedule they've played. Mm-hmm. Four of the five teams are could definitely be NCAA tournament teams. Oh yeah, absolutely. For instead of Bellarmine, other than Bellarmine, mm-hmm. four of the five opponents might be NCAA tournament teams, which falls into what. Jerome Tang has said that he wants to do with a schedule, and that is have it be a competitive non-conference schedule, upgrade that non-con from what it had been in the past to make sure that guys are tested by the time they get to the conference schedule. I mean, yeah. How many Power 6 teams could you look at this early in the year and be like, wow, that rivals and maybe better than K-State's non-conference schedule toughness Mm -hmm. so far? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, K-State, go back to last year. K-State wasn't perfect last year. They were still learning to gel with each other, but they were at full strength. K-State is not at full strength yet, and I think no. that needs to be taken into consideration. Quez Glover is still out for like a month or something. I'm not sure. Maybe around Big 12 play at the start, they'll be able to get him back. Um, you know, you, you hate to have, not have Data Ames, who's shown to be a spark at times. And I loved Michaela Rich, Buddy Rich against Miami, who was a big spark. Didn't really score points. But he was a spark on the boards and going after offensive rebounds and and trying to get those putbacks. He got to the foul line. Guys are still trying to find their consistency. And I think that that's probably the, the one thing that you can look at from this entire stretch thus far is that they're inconsistent. I mean, you know that you're going to get what you're getting from Cam Carter. God, that kid. Wow. Tyler Perry is still trying to find the shooting touch completely. Yesterday's first half is a prime example of it was still, ugly for everybody. Yeah, it was ugly for everybody. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. And, and you brought up a great point about legs. You know, 
playing an overtime game on Friday, turning around and playing yesterday afternoon, yeah, their legs may not have been underneath them. Well, and they couldn't really get to many clean looks at the paint. Nothing like paint to three. The coach brought that up. That was one that frustrated me was that there were no paint touches. There were next to no paint touches. And by the way, K-State finished with 56 points in the paint. Yeah. Big part of that was the second half. Cam Carter was just... Attack, Driving. attack, attack. Right. But they put 55 points up in the second half, period. You know, I mean, they, they did not do well at all in the first half at attacking the paint. No, they had to get inside. They, they flipped it after halftime. Uh, so K-State is 3-2. and two. They're one of two teams in the Big 12 that have multiple losses. The other one is Oklahoma State. But very interesting point now in K-State's schedule where you play four straight. It's a very crucial stretch, in my opinion, because after the Villanova game, you have LSU, Nebraska, Wichita State, and then uh, well, and then Chicago State, but that's right before Big 12 play starts. That's an interesting stretch. K-State will have Central Arkansas, or Roberts, North Alabama, and then an interesting Tuesday night matchup against Villanova all at home. It's about taking care of business now. But there again, two of four that are potential NCAA tournament teams, Oral Roberts and Villanova. All right, we got to take a break. Let's take our last break quick as possible. When we come back, we'll take a look at this week in the Big 12 next. All right, let's just uh, wrap up the show. We'll quickly just run down the slate of games as, uh, you know, with Thanksgiving holiday being here on Thursday, and I cannot wait. It's my favorite holiday. I love to eat Thanksgiving meals. It's already so one great. behind me, one of three. Uh, let's see. 11 a.m. on Friday, TCU at Oklahoma. That'll be on Fox. Oklahoma 9-2, and two, of course, tied with K-State in second place. Texas is hosting Texas Tech Friday at 6.30 on ABC. And then on Saturday, leading off at 11 a.m., Houston at UCF on FS1, 2.30 ABC. BYU is at number 23, Oklahoma State. 6 o'clock, FS1, West Virginia is at Baylor. 2.30, or make that 6.30 on ESPN2. Kansas at Cincinnati to wrap up the regular season for them. And then, of course, the the, uh, the main event of the weekend on Fox at 7 o'clock. But, of course, right here on K-Man, Iowa State at K-State for Farmageddon. And everybody's scrambling to make sure that they get their audio set so that they can listen to it on, either here or on K-Rock because of who the uh, play-by-play is. Oh, that's right. He... he Managed Mr. To stay, Insufferable. Managed to stay away from the Big 12 pretty much all year. He was doing all Pac-12 games, except he couldn't avoid K-State right at the end of the year. Nope. Tim Brando will be on the broadcast for the for the TV call with Spencer Tillman. <laughs> hey, it's a home game, right? You can avoid that. And no Felix on the team anymore. Valid point, but yeah well uso can, will he I'm, nail I'm, you know here here's what i want to see i want to see who actually talks to him in the press box oh i hey k-state will do their job they're going to give him oh, the yeah, pronunciation but i mean in general who talks to him in the press box because last year it was interesting to watch him parade through and nobody was talking to him let's see you got uso you got damien's name <laughs> oh yeah all right we gotta go Bye-bye. That's going to do it for uh, Wildcat Insider. we got a full two hours uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. No show Thursday and Friday for Travion Troy. I'm Mitch. Go Cats.